0: Good, Good morning everybody.
1: everybody. Happy Father's Day.
0: Welcome to London Family Centre and a very happy Father's Day indeed. To those in the UK and in several countries around the world also, it is Father's Day today. I know that's not the case in in many countries, but stay with us anyway. Today's topic is much broader than just simply a day to celebrate fathers, but we will certainly do that. Um A few announcements for London Family Centre. The meetings this week are pretty much as normal. Join us. I think you all have the various WhatsApp group connections, etc. In terms of the opening of our building, we're still in the process of seeing the restrictions progressively lifted. So we're not quite there yet. But continue to pray that the government and the health conditions within the United Kingdom and other countries will ease to the point where churches can come back. Let's pray to begin with this morning. Ask God's blessing on your homes and on your families and on our relationships. Father, we thank you that we can take this day aside to consider fatherhood from a scriptural perspective and from a current perspective. Lord, we lift ourselves to you. We lift our homes, our families, our extended families. We lift our cities and our nations and we pray for a mighty restoration in fatherhood. We pray that you would strengthen us at every level, Lord, within our home and within our society. Strengthen our families and our churches. Help us receive this word this morning. Help the nations of the world receive this word. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.
1: Yeah,
0: amen. amen. One of the One of the issues that I have as a pastor is being able to relate to my people. One of the issues every parent has, especially of teenagers, is being able to relate to the world in which they live, which can be such a different world. Sometimes you can think they're speaking a different language (laughs) and you lose, you begin to drift apart and the church can drift apart from the society in which it's placed we have the responsibility to be able to relate we need to seek after doing that and and pursue that not just as churches but as families years ago i had a, a good friend he, he's dead now he, he used to correct me regularly in a very good way and this one day uh, he was a close personal friend as well as a member um, but this one day he said to me mike you need to realize that there's life beyond those four walls and he said it in such a way that it really impacted me i realized as a pastor i had become focused on all my problems my church and the way it was and i was forgetting somewhat about the society and the city in which we live but it can be like that with our homes as well (laughs) I mean, I think of Camden here where this physical building is in Camden in central London, but our society here is full of drugs problems, it's full of homelessness, it's full of, many people have depression, there's an anxiety problem, there's an unemployment problem. I say all that, we know we need to be able to relate and to speak into these issues. I think churches and uh, Christians will happily accept that. But I tell you an issue we need to be able to speak into, and that's fatherhood the current crisis, crisis, not just current, it's historical. There has been a crisis in fatherhood and indeed parenting for a long, long, long time. Currently, it's probably at an acute, in an acute situation. And I'm glad to have this opportunity, this moment, just to think and to pray and to talk to you about the situation. One of my opening observations that I wanna share with you that didn't really see this so clearly until this week one other thing i noticed was the apostle peter and the apostle paul in their letters in their epistles when they're teaching about fatherhood or motherhood or children and your behavior in your home with your parents they very much present to us the ideal scenario you know, the Proverbs chapter 31 woman type thing. And I've preached those messages many, many times on Father's Day and I'm sure many of the pastors listening, you've done the same thing. You know, Ephesians six or whatever, uh, husbands love your wives or prophet, priest and king, all all that kind of thing, all of which is perfectly good. I'm talking about Peter and Paul. However, what a difference when you look at the teachings of Jesus on fatherhood. I'm gonna show it to you today. He approaches it from a completely different perspective. It's almost like the apostles show us the ideal, but Jesus comes down to the reality. And your home situation may not be ideal. I've got good news for you. Jesus speaks to you. If as a father you're struggling, Jesus speaks to you. If as perhaps a mom, you're a single mom. Jesus speaks to you. If as a child you're struggling to come under the discipline of your parents, maybe you're influenced by your friends, your peers, Jesus speaks to you. My topic today is the Spirit of the Father that everyone watching around the world, every Christian can receive the Spirit of God our Father into our lives and operate in our homes, our families, our workplaces, our churches and society with that good spirit. I repeat, I, I, I don't think I, I need to stress this point because I think everyone will agree. We have a global crisis in fatherhood. I, I wanna give you this, is quite an emotive example, but it's something that God put me through. He put me in a situation perhaps to understand something. I was on a prayer walk. I was out just walking one day and I went to a remote place. It was a track. And I walked and I walked and I was praying with God. And in the distance, I could hear crying. I could hear a child crying, not just crying, but cr- crying with great pain. And I looked around and I thought, I didn't think there was anybody near here. And as I continued down the path, A boy maybe about 12 years old came towards me pushing a bicycle and he got closer and closer and I went up to him and I said what's wrong and the little boy turned to me and he said my bicycle is a flat tire and I can't cycle my bicycle and I said to him you know gently I said listen just go home bring the bike back to your father and he will fix the tire for you it's not difficult and that little lad with all of his might, just screamed into my face, I haven't got a father. And off he stormed. He stormed away and it's the last I ever saw of him. Now remember, I'm on a prayer walk. And I think God was trying to prophetically show me something to pray about. Have you got any idea the number of of children in pain, the number of, of parents in pain because they're single parents, the number of wives who don't feel the support that they need, perhaps from their husbands in the home? This is one huge issue so i thank god for peter and paul and i thank god for the for the ideals that 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 they present before us and with true sincerity i i i I suggest you you know study them and follow those ideals however let me begin by showing you how realistic jesus is about the reality that you may be experiencing this is jesus talking about fatherhood parenting etc um in his day Matthew chapter 10, verse 16. I am sending you out like sheep among wolves. Therefore, be as shrewd as snakes and as innocent as doves. Be on your guard. You will be handed over to the local councils and be flogged in the synagogues. On my account, you will be brought before the governors and kings as witnesses to them and to the Gentiles but when they arrest you do not worry about what you will say or how to say it at that time it will be given what you will say for it will not be you speaking but it will be the spirit of your father speaking through you the spirit of the father i want to draw your attention here see in this situation jesus is speaking to men He's speaking to women, he's speaking to youth, he's speaking to married people, single people, and he is saying that all of us, every one of you watching here, can have the spirit of a father, the spirit of the father, ministering through you. How wonderful is that? jesus goes on with some startling statements and scriptures these are prophetic um, also you know true for his day and for the generations since but particularly true of the last days are the divisions that will come within homes and families because of faith in matthew's gospel chapter 10 can continuing in this same narrative matthew 10 verse 21 jesus says this brother will betray brother even to death And a father will betray his own child, even to death. Children will rebel against their parents and have them put to death. And you will be hated by everyone because of me. And moving down to verse 34. Do not suppose that I have come to bring peace to the earth. I did not come to bring peace, but a sword. For I have come to turn a man against his father, and a daughter against her mother, a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. A man's enemies will be the members of his own household. Anyone who loves his father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. Anyone who loves their son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. Now, really, these are some of the the strongest statements in scripture, in my opinion, but also very, very real. Just look at what he says, uh, brother and sister will hand each other over to death. A father will even hand over his own children onto death because of me, because of faith, because of me. Currently, th- I was researching it yesterday, the current st- statistics are 91 on average children are killed every week by their parents. Largely, these are referred to as honor killings. Uh, that is just unbelievable. 91 is the average weekly murder of children around the world by their fathers. Uh, So Jesus, as much as it may be shocking to see this, Jesus is completely correct in in what he is saying. He also says, shockingly again, do not think that I've come to bring peace. But this issue of Christianity, this faith in Jesus Christ can be a very divisive thing and you need to be prepared for it. I had a member who came to faith and because of his background, because of his family background, he disappeared from our church and he just got born again and I didn't know what had happened to him. So I called him and called him and called him. Eventually he answered and his his statement to me, you know, shocked me. He said, Mike, you've got to realize if I tell my parents that I'm a born again Christian, I will be killed. They will kill me. So it's just... Some people have a very hard reality with their fathers and their mothers, and it is not a cookie cutter, ideal Christian life like Peter and Paul maybe present. The, the, the truth about this world is it, it, it can be a very dangerous and sad uh, and difficult place for parents, for fathers and mothers, and indeed for children. My, my first point to you this morning You may feel that no one sees your situation or no one's dealing with your situation, but Jesus himself addresses the severity of family situations. We've just read it. He takes responsibility for it and he speaks into it. So he sees your situation. We've been researching um, uh, parental statistics around the world and this week, the current statistics are 30% of children born in North America are currently born into single parent families and in the black community in North America 68% that's enormous 68% in black homes in North America are currently born into single parent families and I want to say whoever you are we both had great parents right I had great parents you still got great parents so we both come from very stable family loving families thank God for that but I need to relate to the world in which I live. And I realize that not all homes are are stable. The statistics prove that. This situation of parenting is incredibly difficult, whether you're mother, father, or indeed children, because of the peer pressures that they find themselves coming under. But I want to restate point number one, Jesus addresses this situation and he sees it. Secondly, Jesus understands your situation and you may feel particularly say single mom, you may feel like you've got the weight of the world on your shoulders. Uh, You have to be mother, you have to be father, you have to be breadwinner, you have to pursue your career and be caring and kind and loving and everything else but I want to assure you that Jesus understands your situation. Amazing scripture I'm going to read to you from Isaiah chapter 9 verse 6. It's the scripture's first big description of Jesus Christ. Prophetic description of the Son of God that will come. Isaiah chapter 9 verse 6. It says this about Jesus, describing him to us. For unto us a child is born, and unto us a son is given, and the government, the weight of the world is on my shoulder, the government of the world will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Mighty Counselor, Mighty God, everlasting Father. Yeah. So, you know, you, 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 you what? You're talking about the Son of God. Why is the Son of God described as everlasting Father? Well, very simply, because he's operating, as we began, as we read in the beginning, in the spirit of a father. Let me speak to the youth here. Do you know that when Jesus was 12 years old, He stood up in the temple, taking on the spirit of his father, read from the scriptures. And you know the story, Joseph and Mary came searching for him. Where have you been? Where did you go? Mm -hmm. And Jesus says, don't you realize that I have to be about my father's business? And there as a youth, as we would describe it, as a young man, he's operating even as a father, as a boy. He's taking on that good spirit. And I want you to know Jesus addresses your situation but he also understands your situation fully. One of the beautiful scriptures I I think that Jesus when he speaks about Israel he says this, how I have longed to gather you like a hen, mother hen, (laughs) how I have longed to gather you like a hen gathers her chicks. That's a female description, isn't it? Yeah. So here's the Son of God referred to as Everlasting Father. Here's Jesus also showing that there's a, you know, there's a motherly nature there. There's a caring nature there. And the truth is, as, as a father, there's a degree to which you also mother. As a mother, there's a degree to which you also father. And I want you to embrace that. Don't, as a man, I, I'm very masculine but I also need to be gentle and caring to my wife, gentle and caring to my members. So I would say, follow the example of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, and take on the spirit of the Father. Goodness me, is there anything more necessary in our day? I repeat, I'm speaking to everyone. I'm speaking to the mothers, single, I'm speaking to single people, May God give us this good spirit that Jesus took upon himself at the very beginning of his ministry. I believe our world needs it. Number one, Jesus addresses the situation. He's not oblivious to it. He understands the problems that you may face in parenting. And number three, Jesus deals with the situation. I'll read to you a famous scripture actually in Matthew's gospel, chapter 12 and verse 40. When Jesus was teaching in a house one day, Uh, And they, they tell him that his mother and his brothers are outside. Matthew chapter 12, verse 46. While Jesus was still talking to the crowd, his mother and brothers stood outside, wanting to speak to him. And someone told him, your mother and your brothers are outside, wanting to talk to you. And he replied to him, who is my mother? And who are my brothers? And then pointing to his disciples, he said, here are my brothers. Here is my mother. Anyone who does the will of my Father in heaven, that's my mother, that's my father, that's my brothers and sisters. Hallelujah for that. Amen. I had a, a very good relationship with my father. I had a close relationship with my father. I've got nine brothers and sisters, so it's a big family. Mm-hmm. But with me, I'm the youngest. And with me, I got a little bit, a little slightly different, treated from the rest in this one way. Mm-hmm. Every week from the age of about eight, My father took me alone every Sunday afternoon and we would go for about a walk for about one hour. And in that time, uh, you know, they tell me I'm very like him. (laughs) But in that time, I think I really took on the spirit of my father. Even as a child, we had a very happy home, very happy family. But I can distinctly remember one major argument. There was a moment of disturbance in our home. And I remember I was about 12, 13 years old. And I can remember hearing voices raised. And this was so unusual for us. Um, but remember, I've been spending time with my father, even though I'm the youngest, even though I'm only a child. And I walked in. I did an unusual thing. I walked into all my brothers and sisters and my mother and father. And the atmosphere was tense. And I spoke up. A bit like Jesus in the temple. I spoke, excuse me everybody, we should not do this, you know, and it just, it completely stilled that storm. I was surprised and everybody went off and the problem was solved and I remember later that day my parents waited till I was alone and my mother and father called me aside and they said, what you did today was really good. (laughs) Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Bringing peace, amongst your brothers and sisters. But my point is this, I was operating in the spirit of my father, no. even at 12 years old. <laughs> Father's Day. <laughs> yes. That's what I was doing. Mary's was the first child member saved in her family. So what age were you when you got to twenty-four? Uh, twenty-four years,
1: twenty-three.
0: Twenty-three years old, <laughs> and she's got all her brothers and sisters. She's got her mother and father, and she's the first person who knows Jesus Christ. Now in some ways, that puts you in a kind of a fatherly position thank god her her father's great and they were all so receptive and received christ gladly over the over the the following years but you may find yourself in that situation perhaps you're a sister who has a brother and you find you have to mother your brother you have to father your brother Uh, uh, that is very very common so i just want you to see jesus addresses the current situation, even though 2,000 years ago, he speaks clearly into problematic situations within family structures. He understands you. He understands you may feel the weight of the world is on your shoulders. He deals wholeheartedly with the situation by advising us to do what he does and to take on the spirit of a father. Maybe your situation is not ideal. Well, I tell you, a cross is not ideal. And on the cross in John's Gospel, chapter 19, verse 25, this is one horrific situation. There's a lot of tears and many homes have tears. There's a lot of broken hearts here. John's Gospel, chapter 19, verse 25, near the cross of Jesus stood his mother, his mother's sister Mary, the wife of Cleopas and Mary Magdalene. And when Jesus saw his mother there, And the disciple whom he loved standing nearby he said to her woman behold your son hang on that's not my son (laughs) and he said to the disciple here is your mother this is not an ideal situation but Jesus was teaching them you may have to take on other responsibilities in this life other roles be willing to do so in the strength that God provides God wants you to receive the spirit of the father, Amen. the spirit of a father, to love your people of your own home, to love your neighbors, love your extended family, love your fellow Christians in the church and, and, and be, develop that spirit of reconciliation. My, my closing question, what does the spirit of a father look like? What does it look like? How will I know I, I'm operating in that? Well, number one, it's love with discipline. Anybody who loves you will operate with a degree of discipline around you. The spirit of a father is great love But it also has discipline in the book of Romans Paul says to you, please consider the goodness of God No, he says, please consider the goodness and the severity of God. I heard a great story about two girls who were going out for the night to a nightclub So they arrange to meet at a street corner and when they both arrive, they're both crying. So the first girl turns to the other girl and says, why are you crying? (laughs) And the girl says, because my father doesn't love me. He said I have to be back home by 10 o'clock and I want to stay out all night. He doesn't love me. And then the first girl says to the second girl, why are you crying? And she says, because my father doesn't love me. He said he doesn't care what time I come home. You see it's kind of hard to get it right as parents and I ask you to remember that young people and those of you children living at home. Love will discipline. Love will always provide discipline and in years to come you will thank God for that discipline as we both do today. What does the love of a father look like? it's love with discipline, it's gentle correction. You have to correct, you have to bring correction, but hopefully that correction is done in gentleness and also if necessary with a lot of explanation. You need to explain this is why I'm putting this restriction or that restriction. I used to do that with my stepson James. I used to give him many explanations. James, I, I can't let you do this and we're we're not going to be doing this and this is why and thank God he was an absolute delight of a child. What does the love of a father look like? How do we manifest that? We manifest it with love that has discipline. We manifest it with correction but gentle correction. The love of a father, the the heart of a father, God our Father, is self-sufficient and this point for me, it's probably one of the most yeah. important points. God, in, God doesn't need me. Yeah. God doesn't need me to like Him. Okay, He is self-sufficient. This is a really important attribute in God. So he doesn't need me. Many parents, you know, say a single parent, they don't receive the emotional support from a husband or wife. Maybe you're not a single parent. Maybe you have a husband or wife at home, but the relationship's not good and you're not getting that emotional support. You can become needy and then, you know, parent-child relationships become very dysfunctional when the parent needs the approval of the child almost. The parent needs something from the child that's really not supposed to be coming primarily from that child. I love the description of God my father as self-sufficient because that's what makes him behave towards me appropriately. When I need correction, God will correct me. He won't, you know, turn a blind eye to my wrongdoing, and he will do that because he loves me and because he's able within himself. Now I'm not self-sufficient. I'm not. I'm. My sufficiency is in God. Amen. But I want you to understand that for your emotional support and for the strength of character that you need, please receive the Spirit from your all-sufficient Father, your self-sufficient Father, and that will stop you, prevent you from requiring from people things that we just should not require from them. What does the love of a Father look like? How do I know I'm operating in that Spirit? It's love that disciplines. It's love that will bring correction into people's lives, but it will do it gently. Its sufficiency is in God, very important. And fourthly, it's ever present. When I think of the situation in the world with absentee fathers, yeah. children who come home and, you know, dad's not there, he's long gone perhaps, or parents can be working, it's, that, that's often the case. And the parents are just not mm-hmm. present. Uh, and we have to prioritize our presence as parents within the home. But again, I repeat, God is omnipresent. And when the spirit of God, our father is in us and in our homes, that is really boosted. And lastly, and fifthly, the spirit of a father is restorative and forgiving. Just like with the prodigal son, the son who had gone wrong, and even the son who stayed at home. The father's heart was restorative and equal in love towards both. He was trying, there was no favoritism there, but the love of God is restorative and forgiving. So I want to say to you fathers, I've been a stepfather and I know how difficult and you can feel. I'm just not, I'm, I'm just not good at this. We have a God who's very good at this. We have a father in heaven who's really good at this father business. So I pray for the fathers watching this morning. Receive the help you need. Begin like Jesus began, standing in the temple. I'm going to do this my father's way. And Jesus tells us, uh, don't worry about getting this wrong because in those days I will give you what to say. When you're struggling at home, when you're struggling to correct your children, don't worry. It will be the spirit of your father speaking through you. If you're a mom and you're struggling to bring discipline and that's Partly what mums have to do, amen, not just dads. Receive the Spirit of the Father. Even Jesus as a 12 year old entered this, I entered this as a very young man within my own home. And I appeal to you youth listening to do the same thing. The love of our God is restorative and forgiving, forgiving to you this morning. And if you're not saved, if you know you're not born again, you're not like maybe other Christians that you've met, Today is a good day to come to God your Father. Just repent of your sin. You know what your sins are. Repent of your sin. Put your faith in Jesus Christ that he died to save your eternal soul. On this Father's Day, make God Almighty your heavenly Father in Jesus' name. I'm going to conclude with with a scripture and Pastor Mary wants to say a few words to you. My last scripture is from Malachi chapter 4 and verse 6. And it's a, it's a promise and a prophecy about the last days. And I want this to be your scripture, if you like, for this week. Malachi chapter 4 verse 6. It's talking about the end times, talking about today. See, I will send the prophet Elijah to you before that great and dreadful day of the Lord comes. He will turn the hearts of the parents to their children and the hearts of the children to their parents. What a wonderful promise that in the last days, in spite of what we're witnessing in this world, at the moment particularly, there's a lot of chaos, not new to today, it's been around for beginning of time. But in the last days specifically, God promises not just to pour out his spirit on all flesh, but he's gonna turn the hearts of the parents to their children. When you're emotionally drained, I meet many parents who find it hard to love their children, hard to express that love to their children. In the last days, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. I'm gonna turn the hearts of their parents so they will love their children. I'm gonna turn the hearts of the children so that they will obey and love their parents. Father, we pray for this promise in our homes. Pray for this promise in our families and our fathers and mothers. So I want you to remember this scripture and to make this scripture, perhaps in Wednesday prayer you can you can prioritize this scripture, Malachi chapter 4, verse 6, God's promise to parents and to children in the last days. Pastor Mary's.
1: Thank you, Pastor Mike. Praise the Lord. In Isaiah chapter 11, verse 2, it says, the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him. This is Jesus. He is Jesus. The spirit of wisdom and understanding, mm-hmm. the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord is in him.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: This is prophetic word about Jesus. Amen. When we have Jesus, also mm. this is spirit in us, mm-hmm. the Spirit of the Father. Amen. Every day we need pray, for say, Father, give us the mind of Jesus. In Philippians chapter 4 verse 8 say, whatever is true, whatever is noble, yeah. whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is admired, think about this, mm-hmm. because always this is our guarantee for the spirit of the Father is in us and the purpose of God is in us, amen, amen. thank you very much,
0: amen, thank you. It's a serious, serious word for today, I know, but serious days we live in, S- such crisis around the world at the moment and God's, God's antidote, God's vaccine, God's remedy is the church. Yeah. God's remedy is you and I. Let's pray. Please mm-hmm. join hands in, in your families, in your homes um, and just bow your heads, close your eyes one moment and pray with us as we commit this particular, these last few scriptures here into God's hands. Father, we thank you for trusting us to live in these last days and we take our commission very seriously. And even as we witness the, the parenting styles and structures in this world really descend into chaos, I speak first to the young people, to the youth, that they will be inspired that they can receive the Spirit of God their Father. Whether you're 8 or 12 or 15, you can receive the Spirit of your Father and begin to exercise that as Jesus did in the temple. I speak to the mums, Father, that they will be strengthened by the Spirit of Father God and they will find that sufficiency. They will find the, the, their, 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 their role no longer to be exhausting or confusing because God will empower them. And may God bless our fathers today. Lord, give them a newfound strength. Pour the spirit of the Father into them. Lord, for our singles that they will also embrace this and begin to impact our communities and our society like never before. Thank you, Father, for being such a good, gracious, patient, heavenly Father. Bless our homes, bless our churches and keep us safe. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. 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 <laughs> Amen. God bless you all. Thank you very Thank much you for, for being all. us this week. Have a great day. Enjoy your dinner, fathers. Amen. Bye bye. Bye bye.